Now we're ready. Yes. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome back awesome. to our Quality Matters episode. I'm Darcy. I'm Kyle. And today we have a special guest on with us. We have Pradeep Sangha. Say hi. Hi, everyone. Oh, there he is. <laughs> we're doing this remotely through, what is it, Zencaster, Kyle? Mm-hmm. So this is our first time to use this tool. So we're hoping everything gets recorded and works right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kyle and I want to say thanks to the Canon Houston for having us today. That's where we're recording from. And I have a little bio to read about our guest, Perdeep. Perdeep Sangha is the founder of Sangha International, an exclusive firm dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and corporations achieve higher profits. In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. He's an avid learner and uh, executor. He has an EMBA in innovation leadership, studied innovation at MIT and Stanford, is a certified lean black belt in operations and has also trained at Disney, Zappos, and Toyota. He has spent decades studying successful organizations to develop his proven formula for business success. Well, that's all very exciting to me. Ooh, I don't know if I'm <laughs> oh, yeah. to wow. talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Yeah, so, thanks. Um, appreciate it. A lot, a lot of. As usual, when we have a guest on, I kind of sit back and let Kyle and the guests talk about things. So today, I think their topic <clears throat> is um, processes in your life that can create effective leaders and managers. And I think that's kind of our goal mm-hmm. with our quality matters. Because with an effective leader or manager, then you have an effective process and effective business. Yep. So I think Pradeep has some. Uh, information or some maybe some guidelines steps Mm -hmm. to help you do that no i'm very interested to hear especially because when you start taking a look at the uh quality management system uh you know we we deal with uh for the most part uh, kind of the typical standards iso 9001 uh 14001 and so forth uh, a lot of api work and and some of the the big features of these standards is the integration of leadership into the process and without the integration of uh, leadership and that leadership buy-in and commitment it really doesn't matter what you're trying to achieve so i guess to start just kind of uh, talk a little bit about um I, we'll just kind of dive straight into the the topic here so uh, tell yeah, me absolutely about, uh, you know kind of uh, your experience and what your take is on this yeah, sure, for sure. Uh, so, as an executive of a, of a large corporation, and I'll actually take it further back than that. At the age of seventeen, I was actually a personal trainer because my passion has always been helping people. And I realized that uh, very soon into it that I could give people literally their workout program. Some people would actually follow it, and some people wouldn't. <laughs> and so, when I really got down into it, I'd be like, you know, what is it that really motivates people to make change, and what motivates people to not make change? Right. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of followed me throughout my career, especially in the corporate corporate world, because as an executive, I could give the business strategies and tactics to my division, to my team. And again, same situation. I, I even found that even specialists within their areas were just not executing on certain things. And it wasn't their technical skills or knowledge. 
it had everything to do with how they were managing themselves. So what I call the skill of self-mastery. Okay. So, and, and it's very interesting because I can take two people the, with the exact same skills and abilities and give them the strategies and tactics and they will execute very differently. Yeah. One will have yeah. a significant amount of success and the other person won't. And it really comes down to their level of managing their own mind mm -hmm. and their emotions and their own internal levels of energy. And so if you as a business owner, as a manager, executive, can learn the ways to really enhance your own ability mm -hmm. to be what I call in inner alignment, you can actually start to motivate people and get more results with less effort. Because I think a lot of us, and I've been in this situation as well, feel like we're swimming against the current and we're doing it just out of sheer will. <laughs> and when you have that inner alignment, things become a lot easier. You get things done faster. You get things done easier. What seemed to be tough to you in the past actually becomes a lot easier. And the reason why it's tough is because most people are not in alignment when it comes to their thoughts and their emotions. And so if you can get that down packed, you can actually become a lot more effective in your life and in, in the work or the career or the business that you have. Okay. So I'm guessing getting yourself in inner alignment is probably the first step towards being more effective as a leader. Yes, absolutely. I think the first step as a leader is really understanding what you want out of life. And most people, you know, we're differentiating people's personal lives with their business lives or their careers. It, there is no, there is no line. Yeah. Let's just make that very clear. <laughs> people, exactly. People bring their personal lives to their work. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, you know, this, I love that, you know, that you're coming at this from a, such a very different approach uh, than, than what we've come from at it from. But that's been a, our mantra from day one is that we want to help people save time and energy for what matters. And for one person, that may be that they want to have the additional time that they need to climb the corporate ladder. Hopefully it's leaning against the right building, but, you know, they want to climb that ladder. For others, I just wanted to be able to see my kids' little league game. Uh, but you didn't really know what, what that person's thing is, but getting to that step, yeah, getting to that, uh, that next step is, is often difficult. So I'm just especially curious. Uh, I'd like to know a little bit more of just a kind of your story of, of how you went from being this highly successful executive uh, to, to seeing the world in, in this light. I think you started a little bit when you were 17, but I'd like to hear more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I can tell you, I, I grew up with uh, my parents immigrating here from India. They came over with pretty much next to nothing. All they knew how to do was really hard work and they ended up working on an orchard. So I literally grew up in an apple bin. My parents would put my brother and I in an apple bin. I love it. I <laughs> yeah. love it. As they would pick apples and pick cherries, you know, that was our life. But I grew up in a very mindful environment. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in an environment where it was about nature. It was about seeing things grow, the simple things in life. But I also, at the age of 16, was put in charge of not, not even our own orchard. It was another orchard where they were some of the best cherry producers in the world that said, hey, look, you have a great work ethic. We want you to lead our team. So at the, at the time of 16, I was managing about 50 people. Oh, wow. And I had to, and I was thrown right into it to say, okay, how do I motivate these people? How do I get the job done? And then I really started to study what makes people do good work and other people not do good work. What makes people just barely just 
get the minimum job done and what makes people be very good at what they do. And then that transferred over to successful businesses versus unsuccessful businesses. I pretty much carried that throughout my life. And I was fortunate enough, I would say, that I just kind of fell into the psychology and neuroscience of people's behavior. And that's always been my passion, you can say. I've been studying that on the side. You know, I, I found it very funny because yeah, I would talk to... neuroscience on the side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it is funny because I, I would talk to people and, and say, you know, this is... I, I would just assume that people would know this kind of information. But, you know, people have lives mm -hmm. and they would do other things other than read up on, on psychology <laughs> and neuroscience. So, so I, familiar. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what I grew up doing as my passion, as my hobby. And so throughout the corporate world, I just kind of, I was known as the go-getter. I was known as the guy that would blow things up and just get the job done. And I soon realized it was because of my skills on the psychology side. And then I was literally, you know, I have an entrepreneurial spirit. I, I grew up in a family business. I always wanted to have my own business. I had other portfolios on the side when it came to real estate, but I never really had my own thing that I was doing. And as an executive, I was getting things done, but I wasn't happy. I felt like I wasn't fulfilled in life. I felt like I just wasn't living out the, the purpose that I was meant to live out. And my, my relationship was actually failing as well at that time. And I just said, I need to change things. I need to do something different. And I literally just walked into work one day and I quit. And it was literally as, just as I mentioned, I was done. I actually had a conversation the day before with my wife. Uh, actually, I think it was two days before. And she said, you're serious about this, aren't you? And I said, absolutely. And I walked into work and I just quit. And everybody looked at me, including some of my own family members, like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and <laughs> it was a very interesting time in my now, life. But it was it just so... That was four years okay. ago. And and it just so happened that during the, the time that I was an executive, I was also coaching entrepreneurs on the mm -hmm. side because people would just say, hey, look, what do you suggest for this situation for my marketing or my sales approach or just growing my business? And I would give them advice. And I at that time, it was just very striking to me that a lot of business owners didn't know how to run a business. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is just not only... Um, interesting for me and intriguing, but it was vo also very scary because I said, this is, this is just not healthy. And then I look back at how my parents ran their business. It was just out of sheer grunt, hard work. And then I thought, you know, if my parents had a mentor at that time that could guide them along the way, it would have made their lives a lot easier. It would have made their ability to deal with stress, to actually grow their business just that much easier and better. And so that's become my passion ever since I, I just quit and I haven't looked back. And ever since then, it's just one door has opened after another. And it literally is my passion because my whole purpose is really around helping people be able to be better entrepreneurs, build better businesses. So they have more time to spend with their kids, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. Kyle, uh, to, to raise healthier family uh, families and have healthier children. And have better relationships because it is no fun being an entrepreneur and, or owning a business or even having a career when you don't have that time to spend with your family members and, and have the time and the freedom to do the things that you love doing in mm -hmm. life. Well, and I think what you said is so true among so many working professionals is that they're not happy with their job. 
you know, they might be successful, but they don't feel fulfilled. So what is it? I want to go back to the inner alignment that you mentioned earlier. How do people get that? What is the process that they need to go through, I guess, to help fulfill themselves? Yeah, the first thing is I would say put all the noise aside because as society, we have so many expectations of each other. And this whole social thing, especially with social media and what's happening out there, that people are expected to live a certain lifestyle. They're expected to make a certain amount of money. They're expected to have a certain amount of status and be a certain way. So that is, that is taking away from your individuality as a human being because you have all of these unfair pressures put on you. And if you can get yourself away from that for even a day, and say, what do I want my life to be like? And I mainly, I, I talk about emotions a lot because every single thing that we do, and I can, you know, we can talk about the science and the psychology and the neuroscience behind it, but it's all based on emotions and feelings, every single thing that you do. And so if you understand that and you can say, okay, what kind of emotions do you want to feel on a daily basis? And this is the interesting part because most people have not thought about this. Most people have not written down that I want to feel joy or fulfillment or peace or adventure or whatever it is that you want to feel on a daily basis, write that down. And then you work backwards and you say, what kind of lifestyle will support that? And then you work even backwards from that and say, what kind of career or business will support that lifestyle? Because I work with some very high profile entrepreneurs that talk about having inner peace but their business, they're making hundreds of millions of dollars, is not allowing them to have inner peace. And so they're building their life literally backwards. And so for you as a human being, start with emotions because that's what it's all about. Everybody just wants to feel a certain way. And so find out what I you agree. want to feel. You know, one thing that, um, that I see so often in the consultation work that we do, and I'm kind of curious... You know, what your take from uh, your end with your business has been is I walk into a business and the, the management team is very um, reactionary, a little gruff, um, always two steps behind and, and trying to work, work ahead. Uh, the no one working there is happy. Everyone, there's always an excuse or reason things didn't happen. And this gets taken home. You know, these people don't leave the angst and anxiety and frustration and, and blaming mentality um, at the office. I know that because I, I used to work in that type of environment. Um, but again, you know, I'm taking a look at this just simply from a, a process and management standpoint. So uh, kind of curious what, what your take is uh, on what you've seen there. Oh, absolutely. Huge. So, uh, you know, stats show that anywhere between 20 to a third, 20% to a third of your employees are, are disengaged. They're not involved and they are not on board with your strategy in terms of whether it's growth or performance, whatever you want to do. So you have a workforce and this is shown across the board. Now, there are exceptions out there, but there's a part of your workforce that's just not happy. And they might not be happy because of the work that they do, or they might not just be, they might not be happy because of their home situation. But we fall into this trap a lot of times that we want to be nice people, that we want to do good things for people. And we don't want to let yeah. people go. And we don't want to yeah. be tough on people. But we're not doing people any good if we're keeping them in a role that they're not happy in because there's less productivity. And more importantly, what ends up happening 
is it's that whole analogy of one bad apple can ruin an right. entire orchard. And it's true for your workforce because the biggest, um, and I can tell you from experience when I do uh, consulting and as an exec, a previous executive, when the time came to let go of a person that just wasn't on board, it was the best thing for the entire team because people would say, thank you so much because this was bringing us down. This was just not helping us at all. Our work ethic was being reduced. So it's important. And I think the most important thing here is when we take a look at that, and I'm an avid believer just through the research that I've done in my experience, that a lot of managers that are put in their positions are put in based on expertise, but not how they deal with people and how they lead people. And that's not doing any business any good. So, but put your best people leaders up front because a lot of the times when we see a disgruntled employee and we say, hey, look, that person's not working out well, they're not doing their job well, I can bet you anything. A lot of it has to deal with how they're being managed. No, I, I, I would, I would definitely agree with that. And I've seen that, uh, in, in several places, you know, obviously I only get little snippets sometimes, uh, the folks that get to work with, but, uh, these are all common things that, uh, repeat over and over and over. And again, it's just, it's so, um, exciting for me to hear someone else coming to very similar conclusions from such a very, very different, uh, background and strategy and, you know, kind of way of looking at things. Now, one thing that I do find really interesting, just simply because um, we seem to have some, some similarities, at least in how, how we think about things. Uh, my wife jokes all the time about how much uh, I just kind of know random little factoids. And, you know, <laughs> I'd rather sit and research and watch TV most of the time. Neuroscience on the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, That's growing awesome. up, um, I spent, you know, at least half my childhood out with uh my grandfather and, uh, you know, me and my papa would go work the hay fields in the summer and cut mesquite trees. And, you know, that was, um, that was life is, you know, we'd spend, you know, anywhere from eight to 12 hours a day working in hundred, 105, or maybe 20 or 25 degree weather, just working. And, and that's just what you did. You got the job done and then you went home and, uh, it might be interesting, even if it's uh, off mic sometime, just to chat a little bit because, what you're talking about, these, these are concepts that seem so common sense to me, but they don't seem common sense to most people. Mm-hmm. Now, I would be interested to know how much that um, that different uh, background and, and way of being brought up and, and view of work and uh, whatnot that might influence that. Oh, yeah, a huge influence because I learned how to treat people and deal with people from my parents and having a family business. Because my parents were very similar the way you talked about. And I could say I would never trade that for the world. My wife laughs and she said, that was kind of like slave labor, wasn't it? At the age of nine years old. Yeah, I, yeah exactly. I, used to, I, you know, I laugh now, but I said it, it at the time it didn't feel like it. Uh, but we, you're absolutely right. We, I grew up working in 30 degree, 40 degree heat, 12 hours a day, sometimes seven days a week throughout my summers. Well, other kids were having fun going on vacations and having jobs indoors, but I also loved it because the one thing I had to teach myself, which sounds very similar to you, is very mm-hmm. is self-discipline, is if you can master yourself, this is the most important skill, is if you can master yourself, you can master anything in life. And growing up this way was the biggest challenge for me because not only was it physically challenging, it was mentally challenging because I, you know... A, I don't know about you, Kyle, but you know, it's for me, I had massive allergies too. And being in an orchard, I just, 
I could barely breathe. I would walk around with a mask on. And I just said to myself, I got to do this because just one more hour, one more hour of this. And it just kind of led to a work ethic that is pretty much unmatched. There's very few people I can come across now that will have that same work ethic. But I also want to be careful because work ethic on its own isn't enough these days because you have to be smart in terms of how you work. Because the biggest trap that most, yeah, because a lot of people, one of the biggest myths is that the harder I work, the more successful I will be. And that's causing right. burnout in people. Myself. <laughs> and so, well, before we episode, yeah, I want to go back to um, something you said you were talking about. Now I'm going to lose my train of thought. The managers, um, oh, managers are often hired because of their expertise. And it's so, like Kyle said, most of this is just common sense. If you think about it, managers are hired to manage people. Right. So versus their knowledge over, Mm -hmm. you know, you need somebody that's capable of finding people that are good to do the jobs and manage the people and not necessarily what their expertise in the field is. Obviously they have to know something, but they don't have to be experts. So, so. Exactly. I think the point on that, that is really people can become experts. It's a skill. So if you're going to put someone with expertise in that position, train them to uh, be better people right. managers and as well. And with that, I think we'll probably close up there, but I want to make sure that I get uh, a chance to put in the show notes here, you know, any resources that you have available and, uh, you know, the contact information so that folks can help to learn some of these skills themselves, you know, if they weren't, uh, and this is going to sound funny to people, but if they weren't blessed with harsh, hard labor as a child, <laughs> you know, how can they learn these things as an adult? <laughs> Yeah, sorry, you're asking for the contact information? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me make sure yeah. that I've got a bunch of any resources, if you've got any. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So the easiest thing is going to perdeepsanga.com. Uh, and I'm more than, you can go to pretty much every social media and find me as well. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn at perdeepsanga. Perfect, perfect. All right. Well, we will wrap up this episode. Thank you for your time. Oh, hey, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you.